1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, and uh, we're going to read verses 5 and 6 for scripture reading today. Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses uh, 5 and 6. This is how it reads. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us, look at your neighbor and say, for us. There is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this beautiful day you have given us. We thank you, God, for the fathers that we have that are here, that are mindful of you, that who do take uh, uh, control and the lead in their homes in the way of the Lord and making their homes a house of prayer. I ask God that you will bless this service, bless this message right now. Speak to every heart, God, and everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you on a subject titled today, The Only God Known as Father. The Only God Known as Father. I hope this message will bless you like it blessed me when uh, I was receiving this and uh, uh, typing it up. Now, on this Father's Day, I hope I don't get no booze from the ladies, but I'm not going, on this Father's Day, I'm going to give the dads a break, and I'm not going to preach on them like I did on the moms on Mother's Day. <laughs> but um, rather, I'm going to talk about our Heavenly Father and how blessed we all are to serve a God who deserves to be known, or who desires, rather, to be known as Father. Honestly, I have never thought about what I'm fixing to say before. It never has crossed my mind, although I studied, I studied and took one of the courses I took in Bible college was comparative religions, and I studied on a lot of different religions and how they operate and, uh, and, and all those things. But I never have really thought about this. But I don't, and I don't know if you're aware of it or thought about it, but the God that you and I serve today, out of all the religions in the world that has been or ever will be, Ours is the only one that our God is called Father. Man, that's amazing. No, nobody who serves any other God can say they got a father. 
our God, Jehovah, Yahweh, in the Old Testament, is the only one that made himself known as Father. Down through the pages of human history, there have been thousands of gods springing out of the carnal thinking of mortal man. They're gods of the earth, gods of the sea, gods of the sky, gods of the sun. The Greeks and the Romans conjured up more gods than whatever could be imagined. But none, none of them was ever called father. None was known as father. Let me give you a brief rundown, just briefly. There's, for the Greeks, Zeus. He was the king of gods. But he was never known nor worshipped as father. There was Hera. She was the goddess of marriage. There was Poseidon. He was the god of the sea. Kronos, uh, he, uh, he was the, and I, I never could figure this out, but they called Zeus the king of gods, but yet Kronos was known as the father of Zeus. That kind of shows you how nitwitted some of these false gods are. There was Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And you may think, Hades is just a Greek word for hell, but Hades in Greek mythology is actually the name of a god. He's the god of the underworld. There's Demeter. He's the god of the the harvest. Apollo, the god of music and medicine. And then there's Athena the goddess of wisdom by which many people go to the Parthenon and Nashville and still worship her there today. That's who that is. People who admire her. I I couldn't believe it that there was an apostolic person came back and told me after they toured the Parthenon how beautiful that was. I said, fella, I said, do you realize that's a heathen god you're talking about? It's a god that God himself destroyed people for worshiping Thousands of years ago, hallelujah. But the list would go on and on of gods men have worshipped. Then, of course, I cannot stop without mentioning Allah or Buddha. I don't want to say too much about Buddha because I don't want nobody trying to rub on my belly. But think about this, and I checked on this, folks. I looked it up, and I checked on it. I know what I'm talking about here. The the people who worship Allah, their religion is called Islam. And guess what? They don't have no father. The Koran never identifies Allah as a father. They don't have a father to go to. But yet they, 
they, they claim their, their God is so great they're willing to die for him. But nowhere in the Quran is Allah called Father. And Buddha, that religion, it sprung from the teaching of one man who lived and come up with it thousands of years ago, but yet his followers do not call him Father. He's not known as Father. The only thing that they call him is the Enlightened One. Oh, hallelujah. But the first characteristic of our God is that he is known as a father to the fatherless. Hallelujah. He is our heavenly father, and he calls us his children. Glory to God. I'm glad to know today that the God I serve is my father. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, he, he considers me his son. Oh, hallelujah. And he's always there. Just like my heavenly father is just like my earthly father in a lot of respects, he was ready to tend to every need and problem that I had while growing up. You do not realize how blessed you are today to be serving a God who calls himself Father and knew his child. First John chapter 3 and verse 1 reads like this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Should be on the screen up there. First John 3 and 1 says, uh, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Hallelujah. Think about that. Hallelujah. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons or children of God. Do you really realize what a blessing that is? And now, some apostolic people have a problem dealing with God as Father because they, 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 their own self don't have the proper understanding of how the Godhead works. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus told his disciples before he went away, he said, when I'm gone, he said, you don't pray to me. He said, but whatever you pray to the Father in my name, it will be given to you. Hallelujah. If you haven't developed a proper relationship with your God as your Father, and if you call out say, well, Jesus, amen, and you don't recognize the fatherhood of God, that might be why some of your prayers are not going, are going not answered. Jesus' instructions about us praying is to pray to the Father in his name. It's a blessing, hallelujah, that we have that relationship with God as our Father. Now, in the course <coughs> of this message, there are three things that I want to talk about, uh, that characteristics of our Heavenly Father. 
I'm going to talk about our Father's compassion, our Father's chastisement, and our Father's commitment. Hallelujah. Let's first talk about our Father's compassion. Hallelujah. As a, as a father, I'm thankful today for the compassion of God. I would not be here, neither would you, if God wasn't a compassionate father. Hallelujah. The God we serve is a God of compassion. I want to take you to Psalms chapter 103, and we're going to read verses 8 through 13. Psalms 103, 8 through 13. Hallelujah. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. You might not be, but I'm glad of that. He has not dealt, oh my Lord, look at that 10th verse. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. I don't care how much of a good old fellow or good old girl we think we may be. God, God says that he, has no, he ain't punished none of us as much as we deserved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ronnie might think he got, he got more than his share of, 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 of spankings, but I guarantee you he didn't, he didn't get as many as he needed. Hallelujah. The same, go, same, the same goes with the other two. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The same. And uh, I'm thankful my Heavenly Father has, been, has done likewise to me because of his compassion. Amen. Let's, let's continue reading that. As far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression. Now, you've heard this quoted many times. Right here is where it's at. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Most people don't use the word transgressions when they quote that. They'll say sins, but transgressions from us. All this falls on the compassion of God. Hallelujah. Falls on his compassion. And then that final verse, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And I checked that word pity according to the original uh, and uh, it actually <clears throat> is a better translation if it has the word compassion there. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You see, folks, <coughs> I know a lot of times we think maybe we did something or said something that God will. We, get, we got by that because God didn't hear that or God didn't see that. There's nothing that God don't know about. So if you and I have gotten out of place, 
and, uh, and God didn't whack us across our backsides for it. It's because of compassion. It's not because that you did something or I did something that we uh, hid from him. <laughs> Let me, uh, Ronnie, I'm sorry, but you're the only one in here today. The other one's back back there in, in children's church, and who knows where, where the other one's at. I don't know. But God knows all. When he was talking a while ago, there was, I, and he, I don't know if he remembers this or not. Uh, I don't, he was either, he was either in kindergarten or the first grade because it was when he was going to Ashland City Elementary School. Uh, and, um, I got home from work, and uh, he was out outside playing, and uh, I, I, I'll hate to admit it, and uh, Michelle might want to get on to me for that, but I guess a, a, a lot of Ronnie's stuff that he carries on with, he, he gets it honest, I guess. But uh, uh, I walked up, and Ronnie, Ronnie's playing, and I says, Come here to me, young man. And he came, came walking up to me. Uh, yes, sir. And I said, uh, I got a call from the principal of the school today, which I didn't get no call from no school. I was just carrying on. I was trying to get a reaction but I, but I got a reaction different than what I was expecting. I said, I got a call from the principal and told me about some pro trouble you got in at school today. And about that time, these big old tears rolled up in his eyes and he started crying. And he started explaining. Just so happened that very day, he did get in trouble with the principal. <laughs> In the world, could you figure that? I should have realized right then and there God was calling me as a prophet. I should have realized then that God was calling me as a prophet. That way I could have charged y'all more money. Hallelujah. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't nothing really serious or whatever, but he did get on to it. I don't even think he got... I don't even think he got a spanking or like that, but he did. He did do something he shouldn't have done. He got in trouble. Do you remember that? Uh, but it amazed me. And uh, I said, I said that, and, and, and rehearsed that story because God knows about everything that we do. And when we do something, or we get, uh, we get ourselves off track. And God does not come down on us. It's not because that he don't know about it. But he's got some compassion. Hallelujah. I had had so much compassion on Ronnie. Any other time I would have got on to him when I found out. But, but the way it come about, they're like, man, them big old tears coming out, coming out. You know, uh, I'm thankful for the compa compassion of God. Romans chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. What shall we say then? 
is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid, for he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. If you want to experience the compassion of God, then you've got to show the Lord that you're making an effort. Hallelujah. You've got to show the Lord that you're trying, that you're making an effort. And so that's why God is not halfway concerned with how many times we fall, church. He's concerned with how many times that we get back up and keep going. Hallelujah. How many times we keep back up. But then that comes to the second point, our father's chastisement. Because he is a father, there are going to be some times that he's going to chastise us. There are going to be times that he is going to correct us, amen, and get us set back on the way we should go. It's not because he hates us. It's not because he despises us, but he calls us because he loves us. And I don't care who it may be, there's not a parent nowhere who loves their children like they should if they don't correct those children. I remember many, many years ago going to a place that housed young juvenile defenders. And as we were talking talking to some of them, there was one in there, he wasn't about, about 13 or 14 years old, and he was one, he was this young man, using a, using a term that my dad used, used to use, this young man, I mean, he, he was just mean as a snake. He had done, got into everything that he could get into. But when talking to him, broke down and cried because he didn't feel like his mama or his daddy cared about him. He said, because, he said as far back as I can, listen to this mom, listen to this dad, listen to this grandparents. Because grandparents will let grandkids do things they would never dream of letting their children get by with. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this troubled, this troubled young man didn't feel like his parents was giving him any love because he said, as far as back as I can remember, my parents never got on to me, corrected me for anything. You may think like some of this modern stuff is going on, but I'm going to tell you, folks, the Word of God is still true. Hallelujah. And when you chastise a child, when you correct a child, now, now, don't get me wrong, doing it in the right way, the way the Scripture teaches, hallelujah, not giving them a backhanded lick and knocking them up against the wall somewhere, all that's going to do is instill anger in them. But when you correct them the right way, you're actually showing your love. And when God corrects us, he's letting us know how he loves us. And in his correction, he's letting us know that we are his children. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 8. And you have, for, 
and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, look at this, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Whom a mama loves, she will chasten. Whom a daddy loves, she will chasten. There's no difference. And scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Evidently, this wasn't written in our day. But if you are with oh my, but if you are without chastening, of which I have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Now this is New King James Version. The uh, the original King James Version puts it a little stouter. It don't use the word illegitimate. It says bastards. Hallelujah, Amen. Our father's chastisement proves his love toward us. Let me, my time is moving. I've got to go on. I'm going to talk about the third and final thing. It's our father's commitment. Our father's commitment. Hallelujah. I'm glad to know today that our heavenly father is committed to us. Hallelujah. The God in whom you serve is committed to you. Hallelujah. It, he's not like some of these uh, sorry fellows today. I, I, I read something just two or three days ago. I knew it was I knew it was high, but I didn't realize it was that high. But do you realize now that 40 percent, 40 percent, that's getting pretty close to half, 40 percent, of American households does not have a father in the household. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Getting a lady pregnant does not make you a father. Hallelujah. I'm talking straight, but I'm talking truth today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> some people in Washington are talking about making America great again. We need to get some dads start getting committed. Amen. When we start having fathers committed to their families, America will be great again. As the family goes, America goes. Everything that's crumbling in America and America's government is a reflection of what's been going on in the American family for the past 25 to 30 years. We have got to strengthen our families. And I, I know I said I wasn't going to preach on you there, but I'm sorry, I've got to, I've got to say it. It all falls on Dad's footsteps. It begins with dad. You might, I'm sorry, you might sit back, amen, and be hit-picked if you want, 
but God is going to charge the dad responsible for what goes on in the home. I had a man I worked with one time come to me for counseling, and I know he didn't want to hear what I told him. He was all concerned about his son running around doing all kind of things, uh, amen, and, and, and turning into uh, uh, an alcoholic. He said, does he still live with you? Yeah. He says, uh, got him an apartment there. He's uh, he's 19 year old, but he's got him on a little apartment there in my basement. And as I questioned to him, finally I found out, he said, you know, it's just terrible. He said, every time me and my wife go to the refrigerator, to open up the refrigerator to pull out a gallon of milk, we have to push his alcoholic beverages aside. I stopped right there and I says, don't try to get me to pray for you. He said, what do you mean, preacher? I said, let me tell you something. God helps those who help themselves. I said, if I was you, when I clocked off out of, uh, out of this job this afternoon and I went home, I said, I would, first thing I would do was go to my ref that refrigerator in my house that I work for, that I'm paying the payments on, that it's my responsibility, and I would go and I would empty everything in that refrigerator down the toilet. Hallelujah. I said, yeah. I said, God will not save your son until you do something to save yourself. Dad, God holds you responsible. The dads are the spiritual fathers of every family. That's what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. We have gotten way too loose in this American thinking today. We need to get back to the old landmarks. Hallelujah. God, as our Father, is committed to us. Luke chapter 12, verse 29. Let's see what that says. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind, my mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need of these. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. I love verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. How is God committed to you? It's, it's the pleasure of God to give you the kingdom. Just like it's the pleasure of an earthly father to give unto their children the things that will make them happy and the things that they need. It's the pleasure of God to give it all to you. All you got to do is seek him first. That's all you got to do is seek him. One more scripture, and I'm going to be closing. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man, think about this, or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, 
will he, uh, uh, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? My, my. That's God's commitment to you as your father. God knows how to give good things to his children. All we have to do is to recognize him as father. And then, after we recognize him as father, we need to honor him as father. You are doing that today by being here in his house on the Lord's day. That's one way. That's one of many. That's one of many ways that we honor God as our Father. He is the only God. As I started out, He's the only God that is known as Father. And we need to serve Him as such. Let us all stand together, please.